This content is for institutional investors and information purposes only. It does not contain investment, financial, legal tax or any other advice and should not be relied upon for this purpose. The materials are not tailored to your particular personal and or financial position. If you require advice based on your specific circumstances, you should contact a professional advisor. Opinions expressed are those of the speakers as of the date of publication, are subject to change without notice and do not necessarily reflect Mercer's opinions. Hello and welcome to Critical Thinking, Critical Issues. Hi, this is Helga Bergden, Global Chair, Sustainable Investment, Mercer. We're going to discuss what transition means today and how investors tackle the challenges of investing in a time of climate change and target net zero. I'm really delighted to be joined by Deb Fielder from Cluid Pension Fund. Thank you so much, Deb. And also my colleague, Hill Gaston from Mosan. Great to have you, Hill. Uh, Deb, would you mind just briefly introducing yourself? Thanks, Alga. Thanks for inviting me to this. Um, I'm Debbie Fielder. I'm the Deputy Head of the Cluid Pension Fund. We're a 2.2 billion local government pension fund based in North Wales, and we're a member of the Wales Pension Partnership. Right, fantastic. And Hill. Thanks, Helga. Great to be uh, joining you and, and Deb today. Uh, Hill Gaston, UK Head of Sustainable Investment at, at Mercer. Uh, I'm an investment consultant and I really see my role as, as helping institutional investors set and meet their sustainability ambitions. That might be through their strategic asset allocation, might be through appointing managers or helping them monitor uh, against sustainability targets. Right, fantastic. Well, very exciting to have you both. I thought we'd kick off our dis- discussion today just with um, reference to our most recent paper, Transition Today, that Mercer's um, published, and it explores the role that investors can have in the transition to a net zero economy. And what we look at in the paper is whether running uh, so-called dream portfolios can help manage investment risk and opportunity, as well as mitigate the effects of global warming and transition. And as I think we'll find out today in our discussion, we all know that it's a balancing act. But what's key is that the physical impact of climate change, including the impacts on people, workers, uh, Indigenous peoples and communities, is really triggering a growing recognition that there are many interrelated issues that impact investing or transition. So in this paper, we argue it requires investors like uh, Deb and the Floyd Pension Fund to think differently and to recalibrate what investment risk management and return maximisation means today. So our paper also talks in this context about the need for a broader definition of the climate transition. And we argue that it goes beyond carbon reduction alone. And we have put forward that there are five key elements of the transition. Um, Mitigation, which is, for example, scaling clean energy and driving energy efficiency. 
the importance of physical risks and adaptation, so uh, supporting disaster management of severe flood events, for example, nature, investing in natural capital, the assets that nature provides to support climate mitigation, such as ceasing deforestation, and also investing in circularity. And that's really about targeting zero waste and utilising resources already in use, such as plastic. And finally, a fair carbon budget. So that's um, a core leader in making sure that we support equity and sustainable development. And in our paper, we've seen that institutional investors are allocating to strategies that address these core aspects of transition. So it demonstrates that capital can meet fiduciary requirements and investors can allocate to support transitioning assets. So that's where you come in, Deb, because I really would love to explore how Cluid is approaching net zero and the transition and how you um, try to take a broader view on this topic. So perhaps to kick off, can we perhaps uh, start with what does transition mean to you, Dylan? Thanks, Helga. Well, to start off with, we think we're already in the transition. We're investing in it today. It isn't in the future. We've been doing it for a while. It's about investing and impact, and we can invest in the solutions of tomorrow and generate those positive impacts today. There are loads of different elements to investing in an economy that's in a transition to net zero. We think we need to look for climate solutions, but also nature positive investing and ultimately creating a world where people will be fully supported and considered. Ultimately, we need to use our capital to scale up existing climate solution technologies, all while generating a competitive return. Ultimately, we need to pay our pensioners and create the future that our members want to retire into. That's wonderful. Um, Deb, can we just zoom out before we get into the specifics? Uh, can you firstly share with us your fund's net zero journey? wasn't easy, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's yes, I'm sure. Oil, but responsible investment and climate change has been key to the fund's investment approach for many, many years. We've been on this journey for over 15 years, starting back as early as 2007. We've made allocations to renewable infrastructure funds, also regeneration funds in the UK, and... <laughs> also an environmental technology fund as well as far back as 2007. We now prioritise all our private market commitments to impact sustainable and climate-focused funds across both private markets, but where we can within listed equities, but only where we can have some influence. We're part of the Wales Pension Partnership. We're one of eight funds, but we do try and influence other members where we can. Over time, we've introduced um, increasingly robust policies and developed a specific set of climate beliefs that make it clear that climate change is a systemic risk um, and it will impact every company and sector. Over the last few years, there have been two key developments for us. 
we've introduced a net zero approach and we've started to report against the TCFD framework. We found the TCFD really helpful, but also really challenging um, for ensuring that we're robustly considering any transition and physical risks and reporting any progress clearly to our members, because that's what they're most interested in at the moment. Thanks, Deb. I, I really love hearing uh, different investors' net, net zero journey. Everyone takes it you know, a slightly different way. Um, and I think the journey is, is as important um, as the destination for, for many. So let, let's drill down a little bit and let's focus on your net zero strategy. Um, and I know it goes beyond just decarbonization. So what, what are the key elements of this strategy? So we're targeting net zero by 2045 with an interim target of reducing our carbon um, by 50% by 2030. This target wasn't reached lightly. It was after extensive work with our consultants. And basically, there are three elements to it. The first is decarbonisation. So within our listed equity portfolio, we want to achieve a reduction in carbon emissions of 36% by 2025 and 68% by 2030. We've already made some inroads into this because we've moved our whole global equity portfolio to a sustainable equity mandate, and that's within the Wales Pension Partnership. At the start, we were the only ones who wanted that. And it's really pleasing to note that all the other seven funds within Wales have now allocated some or all of their global equity to that mandate as well. Uh, next, we consider alignment stewardship. So we are committed to engaging with the biggest polluters within the funds listed equity portfolio. As part of our overall stewardship and engagement strategy, and we have got granular targets to uh, underlie this ambition. Again, we'll be using the Wales Pension Partnership with that, so we do need a lot of collaboration across funds. And finally, solutions. So for the fund as a whole, we're aiming to have at least 30% of the fund's assets allocated to sustainable investments by 2030. For me, that means doing an awful lot more in private markets, which is my pet passion. We do believe in the importance of engagement, but we have um, recently developed an exclusions policy based on companies with more than 1% of revenue from coal, 10% of revenue from oil, and 50% of revenue from gas. This was arrived at after extensive briefing sessions with our committee members. We didn't just say, right, this is what we're doing. We um, discussed everything with our members and reached um that decision it wasn't it wasn't reached lightly thank you for taking us through that uh, one of the key themes from the the paper that helga's already introduced is is this need to take a broader and more holistic approach to the transition um we need you know an approach that goes beyond decarbonization targets to really consider solutions and how well aligned companies are with the low carbon transition and so to see that coming through and what you're doing i think is incredibly um, incredibly encouraging. You know, one way I like to think about it is if we only optimize for decarbonization, we aren't going to see the whole uh, economy transition or even sufficient investment solutions to, to actually uh, see, see uh, a, a proper transition. Now, 
Deb, every time I speak to you, um, one thing that really shines through is, is your passion for impact. Uh, I'd love to explore a little bit more what, what the fund is doing around impact investing and, and how this applies to both climate change and, and wider themes. Yeah, I mean, you've worked with us long enough to know that impact is my passion. Um, we've been doing it longer than it looks within our portfolio. So we've got a dedicated 6% allocation to impact and also local investing, which covers all our private market assets. We've got 29% in total in private market assets. And we have been, as I say, investing in what I would consider impact funds as far back as 2008. So we looked at all our portfolio and we brought together what we could and noticed it's not just in infrastructure. We were actually doing very little in pure renewable energy at the start. Um, we did a big analysis of our portfolio in 2008 and we looked at um, mapping against the sustainable development goals. And one of the things that came out from that was a lot of our core infrastructure managers were already investing in renewable and transition funds. So we, we were actually slightly overweight there. So we look at it across our whole portfolio. We believe we can make a difference in private equity, property as well in particular. So when people look at affordable housing, I go one further and I say, right, so what are you doing within that sector to make those houses um, carbon neutral? Um, so just take it one little step further. Um We've invested in um, a clean energy separate managed account fund for Wales. So this this is this is my baby, and this is this is the one thing that I'm really proud of. It's taken us over two years to get there. So we were in discussions with the Welsh Energy Service, and they were saying, "Deb, can we have some money for this little wind farm or this little solar project in Wales?" And I said, Look, "We just haven't got the governance around this. We can't just give you the money. We need to have that manager or that, you know, that third party in between." So we got talking with several of our managers, not just infrastructure managers, but we've got um, a management succession fund in Wales as well. We got the managers in to speak to the Welsh Energy Service to explain. This is how we need to do it. And out of that, our infrastructure manager says, do you know what, Deb, if you've got a spare 50 million, we can do something bespoke to you in Wales on clean energy projects. And it means we've got a two-way relationship with this. They bring, they bring projects to us for us to consider. And we can say no if we think that there's something a little bit iffy with the community. If there's negativity from the community, we can say, no, we don't want this. Um, and we can also take projects to them. And it's working really well. Excuse me. Um, since April, we've already committed over 38 million of our fund. And um, there's loads more opportunities in the pipeline. You know, we could fill that. We could fill that SMA three times over. And not only as it worked just for us, but there was a project in it that was too big for us. So we took it to our colleagues in Wales at the Wales Pension Partnership. And as a result of that, seven, seven of us in Wales have all committed additional monies to one of the projects in that. So that's collaboration and spreading the love, as I call it, 
across the industry for that. Um, we also look at a number of transition funds. Um, we've been allocating quite actively in the last two years to those, so over 100 million in transition funds, not just infrastructure. So they look at the wider climate solutions. So that's over private equity as well. So we can help carbon-intensive companies de decarbonize over time through carbon capture, introducing energy efficiency savings and battery storage. There are loads of climate opportunities. We've also got an explicit investment in the circular economy that moves our economy from a take, make and dispose approach to a reduce, re reuse and recycle. That was really interesting to me. It's made me think differently about when I order online because when you send your orders back, we don't know where they're going. We don't know what they're doing with those orders. I'm tempted to keep them now. I won't send anything back because I don't know what's going to happen to it. And more broadly than just climate, we also invest in local investment. So I'm very keen to get investment, not just across the UK, but particularly into Wales, wherever I can. Um, we focus on the sustainable development goals at the moment, and we're currently trying to figure out how best to collate all that information that the, the managers are providing. It is really difficult. It's early days. But when I say I want my cake and eat it too, I can get the financial returns so far. Um, to March uh, 2022, our total fund performed plus 13%, but our local and impact portfolio was plus 40.3%. Couldn't do as well this year. We only managed 22.9% on our local and impact bucket, but in context, our total our total fund return was down minus 6.4%. Great. Thank you for that. There's a lot of insights to unpack there. It's, it's quite hard to, to pick exactly uh, which, which one to, to take <laughs> forward, but I, I really love the broadening of your investment opportunity set beyond just renewable energy. Um, to invest in the broader transition. You know, uh, I think there are a number of asset classes and opportunities beyond just renewable energy, like battery storage, energy efficiency technology, energy distribution infrastructure, and, and the circular economy that, that you've described so, so well. I mean, the way I look at this is we still need sectors and industrial processes going forward across shipping, fertilizers, uh, and aviation fuels uh, into the future. But we also need to make them make them cleaner. Um, I also like the way that your your approach extends, you know, across the listed and the private market um, market holdings that you have to to take a whole of a economy economy of um, whole of economy and whole of uh, portfolio approach. I think one of the dangers that we can slip into is to you know just be too siloed in, in how we think about climate change and completely forget the S or the social side. Uh, and we really do need a, a just or a fair transition as well i think that's another thing um one that considers not just stranded assets but communities so if you shut down the coal mine what happens to that community left behind as well as really good green green jobs and so i think your, your focus on the the sustainable development goals i think really helps ensure that you are applying that that even wider lens um because while we do need to protect the environment and um, we need to consider the social implications of the low carbon transition as well yeah thanks shil and uh Deb, I'm jumping in here again. I wanted to um, ask you in 
reflecting on the paper that uh, I talked about earlier on, whether you're looking to broaden your definition of transitional going forward. Yeah, so I mean, most people will see we do do quite a lot at the moment, but there is one area that is next on my hit list, as it were, and we're working with our consultants. I would love to incorporate some nature-based solutions into our portfolio. We have historically made investments in forestry and agriculture as far back as 2007 and 2013, but not in a transitional way. So things, have, as we know, have moved on since then. So I think this is a fantastic area with loads of innovation and just another way that we can invest in opportunities that are net carbon negative. Thanks so much, Deb. I think you've really shown us there are ways to invest in transition assets and within fiduciary requirements, which is so important. And I loved your examples of private markets and uh, the fact that you say you believe that you can do more in uh, private markets and, uh, you know, you've been doing it since 2008. That's just fantastic. And the um, Clean Energy Wales um, example was terrific. Um, I also wish that I could amplify your investor perspective when you say the opportunities are endless and uh, we love nothing more than to hear that. But also your robust performance um, is what investors need to hear as well. So I think you've really shown us that uh, you can invest within the fiduciary requirement and uh, encompass uh, these sort of interrelated issues and you're obviously doing that and also moving forward um, as you and you have just been talking about on your um, transition journey. Um, so I want to start uh, moving towards the close. Do, do you have any final thoughts or comments or uh, questions you'd like to pose, Deb? Um, no, so from our perspective, there's, there's two things. So um, as a fund, um, we believe that impact and transition isn't new. Managers have already been doing this. and We just now see more opportunities to make a difference to the real world and make a decent financial return to our members. To any funds out there, what I'd say is we're not a huge well-resourced fund. We're only 2.2 billion. If we can do it with the right passion and conviction, anyone can. But from a personal perspective, from an, as an individual, I think we all need to do our bit. That's the bit that I think will take time. And if I was... Like Deb and Hill, what, what about you? If I was to add one final thought, I, I'd say I'm excited by how investors are really thinking about climate change as a systemic or systems level risk. And actually how they're then incorporating other systems and other ecosystems, if you like, nature, economic and, and social systems in, into their thinking. And I think this, once we feed it through into our approach, can really help improve portfolio resilience and identify opportunities. Then thank you so much for joining us today and Hill, um, an excellent discussion. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Marsh McLennan's work and events at COP28, please see the links in the description. Thank you both.